Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Places We'll Go show. Now, this week, we've got the amazing Nathan Ansel, who's the Customer Director at Waitrose and Partners, joining us to talk about his journey. Before we dive into the show, just want to say a big shout out to our two major sponsors, the Marketing Lounge Partnership, a loyalty tech CRM agency, and the Marketing Skills Trust, of course, who are a trust that helps worthy causes throughout the industry. Um, two amazing organizations and institutions and absolutely have a lot of love for them, given that they support the show week in and week out. So there we go. Alrighty, over to the show. Well, good morning and welcome to another episode of the Places Will Go show. On today's episode, we have the amazing Nathan Ansel joining us. Welcome, Nathan. Morning, guys. How are you doing? Doing really well. How are you? Very good. Very good. Thank you. Yeah. Super duper. Well, I'm not going to let you get away with just that. Um, let me do a bit of an intro for you. So look, Nathan is the current customer director at Waitrose and Partners, and he's taken that role and got to the helm of that role about nine months ago, has it been, Nathan? Yeah, about nine months now, yeah. There we go. So he's in charge um, of the customer and growth strategy for, of course, what is acclaimed, you know, the acclaimed supermarket chain. And he's already made an incredible impact with Waitrose, um, being a leader, leader in sustainability, as well as focusing on real customer value through things like their loyalty propositions, as well as a an amazing uh, price reduction campaign that they had a number of months ago now. Um, I would say that Waitrose is pretty much an instrumental, quintessential British organization. And I think it seems that Nathan is really no stranger to this type of business, of course, because he's already spent about a decade with M&S in a variety of roles prior um, to moving into Waitrose. Of course, he spent a bit of time at agency side as well. Um, but at M&S, he was the marketing director, um, as well as the director of uh, customer loyalty as well, and a variety of different guys and roles prior to that uh, too. So Nathan really is a stellar individual that's had a fantastic career. And so I really can't wait to hear more about Nathan and his journey. So welcome once again, Nathan. It's a real pleasure to have you on. No, oh, you're very kind, Richie. Thank you. Nice to see you. Yeah, fabulous to have you on, Nathan. Thanks for giving everybody your time. Um, so where are we? So we're sort of mid-summer, if you can describe that in in Britain. Um, the rest of the world is it does, on. It doesn't feel like that, Mark. I look out the window or uh, sometimes our trading numbers, which just look topsy-turvy for this time of year. But yeah. Well, that was a little bit where I was going. So the rest of the world is on fire and we're sort of deluged with rain. Yeah. So, you know, you're you're in that retail cycle. But so is, is the world a bit upside down for retail through this weird summer? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I think I think um, on a few different levels, probably. I mean, I think customers are in a slightly tricky place, actually, at the moment still. I mean, it's uh, you know, confidence is kind of on paper beginning to pick up a little bit coming out of, out of the pandemic and, and, and the crisis. But um yeah, I do. Th I do think it's a tricky time for customers, and there's just like constant, constant uncertainty, uncertainty going on. I mean, I was, we had a family holiday in Corfu a couple of weeks ago, and we literally probably just just got out in time actually when all the all the fires started. So we we're incredibly lucky, but uh, you know, a bit tragic for the for the people there. You obviously got you know war in Europe, people's mortgages. There's, yeah, there's, there's, there are a lot of layers of anxiety I think for customers, which to some degree is playing out in kind of extraordinary resilience actually like we're sort of realizing how resilient everybody is i think and we're sort of becoming a little bit immune to to, to crises for good or for bad um but on another level it's very real for people you know there's a lot of people out there who are struggling wondering wondering how to spend how to spend their money 
um, how to save, how to you know keep the keep the families healthy. But it's tough. It's really tough for people out there actually. And and just on a very practical level, when the weather does what it's doing uh, right here, it does it does send our our numbers in odd directions. So you know barbecues down, but we've got big massive uplifts in in areas that you'd expect. Like things like soup was up sixty percent last year or something like that. You know, so it, it makes it quite difficult to manage a business through turbulent times just on a really practical level. So yeah, it's tough. So it's funny because uh, I'm currently visiting my mom in Spain and uh, listening to the, the radio yesterday and they said all the Spanish are actually leaving Spain, coming to the UK um, in, in, in midst of trying to escape the, the sort of heat wave that's currently going through continental Europe. So there we go. Um, some some interesting some interesting anecdotes there. But I'm gonna, I want to pick up with you, Nathan, on the um, on the thought around managing through these uncertain times and, and particularly, you know, you're obviously managing what is you know, one of the largest supermarket chains. Um, and as you said, right, customer turbulence, topsy-turvy landscapes. Um, so maybe how do, you, how do you personally sort of, you know, get yourself through and get your teams to into that mindset of being able to constantly, I guess, go with the flow um, as you're getting through? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good, well, I like what you just said, actually, around, around kind of going with the flow, because to, to a degree, that's kind of what it's all about, actually. I think having a, having a kind of sense of, sense of direction for where you want to get to and and you know having some of the change and perhaps some of the competitor activity kind of in in your peripheral vision if you know what i mean but but not necessarily being knocked about by it too much on a day-to-day basis and that that does take quite a strong kind of clarity of purpose actually like you have to be really clear kind of what you're where you're trying to get to, what matters to you fundamentally, actually, as a as a, as a business, is really important. And we might, you know, we can talk a bit more about Waitrose values if you want to. But you know, having having that kind of sense of sense of direction and um, not not allowing uh, you know too much to get knocked off course by by kind of the the, the short term events that happen, which which can be a challenge. Having said that, there's a kind of the thing I always we would talk to the team a lot about being able to kind of pat your head and rub your tummy at the same time, right? So you've got to you've got to be able to kind of work out where you're trying to get to for three to five years and have that kind of sense of purpose and direction. But at the same time, um, you know, if 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 like I said earlier, if barbecue's down forty percent and soup's up sixty percent, you've got to work out how you respond to that to make sure the shelves are full for the things that customers want to buy. So you, you do have to be able to react in the short term as well as having a degree of purpose and direction for the longer term. Yeah, I was I can never do that. Like pound my head and rub my tummy. Um today. It's never cracked it. But anyway, um yeah, well, what matters to you uh, is an interesting thought. So I suppose Nathan, you know, like what what matters to you? To me personally. Um yeah, yeah. I think yeah, look, I mean my my sort of I spend a bit of time, probably not as much time as as, as perhaps I should have done or, or might have done, but a bit of time sort of thinking about my my personal values. I think that the, the truth is that I'm I'm very outcome driven, right? So I like I like to see uh, probably the reason I'm doing what I'm doing now, or I have done for for a while now, is I love to see the impact of of change. Actually, saying so, change change is a is a I think really important part of all of our lives, and I love to see the impact. Of, of that change and growth. So I like, I like to see businesses grow, but actually there's a, there's a direct link between business growth and, and personal growth, I think. So if you can be in a, we've all been in organizations that are having a bit of a tough time and struggling, and that can be really, really hard for people. You can learn a lot in those sorts of environments, but also the 
as erection and and and, and beginning to to kind of to kind of uh, get motoring. It's an amazing feeling. It's an amazing feeling, and it's something that people remember um, for 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 a long time. So, um, for me, there's a very direct link between personal growth and business growth. And I like to think that that kind of by achieving one, you're able to kind of to some degree, perhaps in a small way, just inspire the other in a sense. So that's kind of that's kind of what that's what gets me out of bed in the morning, really. Absolutely fantastic. I'd love to talk a bit more about personal growth in this context. But before getting to that. Um, what I'm fascinated about is, of course, in your previous life at M&S, where you've had a, you know, a, a really good long innings, you were the, the marketing director. And now, of course, at Waitrose, customer director. So it's a bit of a different yeah. nuance to the, the scenario. And I wonder for people listening into the show, whether maybe we could explain the difference between what the accountabilities were as a marketing director versus the ones being a customer director. Because I'm sure there's maybe a widening of the, the scope of the role in where you are at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it is in a way. It's I suppose it's um, in some respects it's just like uh, you know we, we like to have different titles, don't we, in marketing? So it's no it's no difference between sort of being the CMO of Waitrose or, or, or whatever. But um, I think that the difference is probably um, very practical on one level in the sense that there's a greater accountability for things like customer experience, uh, uh, for instance. So you know, being expected to um, and be accountable for, for for kind of the whole customer experience in totality. Um, beyond you know, communication and, and marketing, whether we have store experience, you know, on the only channel customer experience. So that's that's quite an important, important, important nuance. Um, extending into things like the physical estate, so we call it the bet shops, basically. <laughs> to, to, to you and I, so um, yeah, everything from sort of how we invest uh, for the future in terms of our store refurbishments, not just in terms of the customer experience piece, but but the full kind of end to end customer experience and, and service service proposition i think probably customer service isn't something that most businesses really focus on in the way that perhaps they could or, or possibly should um and, and customer service is a very important part of of, of what we do so that's a, a big a big kind of area of focus i think more subtly perhaps is um there's a very clear expectation that that me and my team are absolutely bringing the voice of the customer into the into the organization so jlp is you know, quite different to lots of organizations so we're, we're owned by our partners which creates a, a kind of there are sort of like three legs to the store there's the, there's the business performance there's partner happiness and then there's kind of happy customers and you know sometimes in a, in a part of your own business you need you need to make sure you've got a really good equilibrium between those those three things and and, and a big part of my team's role is to really you know have a degree of velocity actually about bringing the customer perspective um into the business so um so that the short-term uh drivers of the pnl or the you know demands of the of, of the of the partner community which are important don't kind of overshadow the so it's making sure those things are kind of really really working well together really so there's a that's probably the main the main difference but in lots of respects it's very similar to any other marketing marketing role well, it's good to distinguish between the two. Whilst we're on marketing per se, I suppose the obvious question that we ask many of our guests is, you know, what, what, why marketing? Why did you get involved in marketing? How did you get involved in marketing back in the day? Back in the day, yeah. So I was, I was, I mean, not a bit, I was incredible. So I was doing a, a psychology degree actually, and I was, I was, uh, I was kind of pondering whether to, to, to. I was, I was quite interested in neuropsychology and the way that the brain works. I could, I could bore you for hours, Mark, with 
how the how your Hebbian pathways uh, work in the Wouldn't brain. Wouldn't be bored. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you might, you might. Um, but it's amazing. Uh, so I was getting quite fascinated by all that. And then um, uh, some there was some some Red Bull samplers came to our, our campus uh, who were connected to a friend of mine, and, and they were looking for um, uh, what what was the student brand managers, basically. So they were looking, there was a new program starting that Red Bull kind of invented, which was essentially, you know, to, to say that as a, as a Red Bull student brand manager, you were responsible for the brand. It's almost like a micro market in your campus. And I thought, oh, that sounds quite interesting. Red Bull at the time was, you know, going back to sort of late in the late nineties, Red Bull was quite a new brand, quite small, quite edgy, quite interesting, exciting, obviously quite big on the, on the student, student scene. Well, that sounds like fun. Let's let's give it a go and see what happens. And I was very lucky managed to get through to there were forty of us, I think. And like quite a lot of us are still kept in touch today, actually. Um and that kind of gave me a bit of a taste of, of marketing, everything from writing for the local newspaper to running we did a a a, 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 a events, lots of events actually on the campus. Some went well, some went a little bit wrong. Um but it was you know, you got you got extraordinary responsibility at a relatively young age. Um, to, to essentially grow the Red Bull brand in your in your market, and then we kind of went on. So I ran a Supercross event down the southwest, and you know, kind of, I became a sort of regional, uh, like a regional events um, manager for Red Bull. And I loved it, absolutely loved it. You know, I, I sort of got to know the brand from the inside out. Uh, it was an incredibly exciting time, um, and that kind of got me got me hooked onto onto marketing. Really, sounds fun. It gave you wings. In a way, yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's um, it's funny because uh, Mark often talks, and I'm stealing Mark's phrase. He says it's not uh, marketing's not rocket science; it's neuroscience. So there we go. No, it good. really is. But I want to talk about the role of personal growth in your career trajectory and being yeah. able to navigate as you've been able to move from Red Bull, of course, into your various roles, and as you as you've got more experience in the sector. Um, how have you been able to manage that? And what sort of skills do you think you needed at the outset versus what skills you needed today? And how were you able to groom those skills over time to make make those significant leaps and changes? I think um, certainly, if I look back, um, if I look back to those sort of early early days, if you like, in the sort of beginning 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 of my career, um, there's a, there's a few things that kind of stood out to me to me anyway, at least that that, that felt important. At the time, President, we didn't think about it at the time, but looking back, it's very important. Um, one would be just energy, actually, just bring, bringing a sense of energy into the business. I mean, I, I, I was only a Red Bull for a short period of time, mostly while I was a student brand manager, and I did it about six months after. I, I quickly moved into work at Heinz, which was a very commercial organization, um, grocery, grocery, but amazing, amazing, amazing brands. And of course, what you don't realize at the time is, um, it is you know, you're kind of new and curious and uh, kind of a little bit wide-eyed about it all. It's all everything's new and interesting and fascinating. And of course, you feel at the time as though that's some potentially a little bit of a disadvantage because everyone else knows everything, don't they? And so our schooling system teaches us to value that kind of experience and knowledge. And everyone else knows everything about everything. You know nothing about anything. You come in, but it's a bit not terrifying, but it's. You certainly feel like you're on the back foot a little bit. I think when you first start out in business and into organisation, and I think what you don't realise and what, what I wish I'd known now is that in a way that's your superpower because a lot of the other people in the organisation have been there a long time. They're perhaps a bit tired, a bit jaded. They might have you know big families, all that kind of stuff. And there are things that are 
um, you, you know, so giving them a, a, diff, a different perspective and, and perhaps in, in to some degree a slightly worn out perspective in some in some ways. And what you can do as a new person coming into that business is bring a sense of a different a different altitude, a different perspective, ideas, energy, vitality, and um, and I think if you if you do that and approach it with a sense of curiosity and kind of optimism, you, you can you can kind of stand out actually in that sort of organisation. So um, yeah, you, you don't I don't think you think about it at the time, but but in a way that is your that is your superpower. I think when you're starting out. Um, are, you, are you saying you're not uh, optimistic or enthusiastic anymore? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was, I was yes. going to go there. If, if, if those are the superpowers that got you off, got you off the ground, um, and, and obviously you know you lead big teams now. What, yeah. what are your superpowers today? Well, I think it's a good, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good question, and I think um, look, you know, part of part of our role as as leaders actually and people always talk about time as a really scarce commodity and and, and it is so time is is one of our most most precious commodities but i also think um i I also think energy is actually not an underrated underrated commodity there's a lovely phrase from i think it's a tesco phrase people sort of say are you you are you a radiator or a drain right that's kind of people people say that a lot but i think it's i think it's true and you know when you're in a leadership role, it's it's tiring. It's it's really tiring. Right? You're dealing you're dealing with you know, you're dealing with problems. So often you're dealing with problems that your team, whatever for whatever reason, aren't able to solve themselves. So they're kind of elevating those up. Or you're dealing with problems that are sort of gifted down to you from 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 the board or, or elsewhere. And and um, particularly if you're a bit more introverted. So I'm 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 naturally quite an introverted, reflective thinker. Um, and and uh a lot of the sort of more extroverted behaviors are to be honest learned actually those are more more like learned learned behaviors and people don't sort of realize that it's it's really quite tiring sometimes when you're in a in a leadership or in a big organization so i think um you know hopefully i've still got a degree of uh degree of energy and work. but it, yeah it, it managing your own energy is one of the most important things you can do i think as as a, as a leader and kind of retaining a bit of that somewhat sort of like childlike curiosity to a degree and and and, and trying to give yourself a uh, a fresh perspective i always one of one one actually quick thing on that one of the things i always do on, like on holiday i always kind of got almost like a matter sort of like almost basically fire myself when i'm on holiday and ima- imagine that the day i come back after holiday is like, is like the first my first day in the role and that's kind of a little bit my way of trying to mentally reset a bit going back into the um into, into the new world so i kind of i always re i always re-employ myself by the way just seeing so you know, that on, on the first day of bat but you're kind of like going into it fresh basically i i love that thought in fact i was going to ask about where you get that sense of energy vitality and curiosity from um love the thought of holidays it's holiday season may not feel like it certainly in the uk um but I want to maybe explore that a little bit more. So when on holiday, what are the kind of things that you would be doing, thinking about um, that would enable you to have that ref- that, that sense of refreshed approach when you get back? Maybe this, maybe stimulus that you use, but I don't know, whatever it might be. What, what What's your point of view on that? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, so what I, what I try not to do is is, is, is think about work, basically. <laughs> I genuinely, it's, it's quite difficult, but um, one of the tricks that I've, started doing is um I, I actually get my pa to change my password <laughs> which is so terrible isn't it 
if I <laughs> to try and stop me from, you know, do you know what I mean? Because I just don't trust myself because it's too tempting, isn't it? Because once you're in it, you're, you're back in it. And I've I've learned, um, you know, you just you're just better if you if you do genuinely genuinely switch off. And also, you know, I've got two young kids, a four year old and a six year old, so you know, I want to give some time back to them. I don't see them as much as I would as I would probably probably like. So um, so yeah, so that's that, that's the main thing. But but also, it is a nice it's a nice opportunity to think. So I don't, I don't listen to any kind of work related podcasts. I try and listen to things that are just stimulating things that I find interesting, sometimes stuff from my sort of previous psychology background or I'm quite interested in politics. So I was, there's something called the Britain Project, which is um, founded by uh, the, the Tony Blair Institute and, and my life, which effectively sort of working out what's the future of Britain. And um, when I was listening to that while I was on holiday, which is just hugely stimulating, lots of interesting, uh, so it's worth, worth a look. Uh, so yeah, try and try and get in external sim- stimulation that you don't necessarily have time for in your in your normal busy week. Brilliant. Um, I'm going to check that out. Uh, change the password. I mean, just to hover on that for a sec. I mean, that is the ultimate sort of self-reservation. Hey everyone, just wanted to take a pause for a minute to signpost one of our incredible sponsors for the show. The Marketing Lounge Partnership are a specialist loyalty and CRM agency that works with blue chip clients on helping them engage their customers. Think about sales promotion and incentives. Think loyalty programs. Think CRM and ways to engage customers through email, social, and a range of channels. I really rate the team. I think they always truly deliver. So check them out if it's of interest. Alrighty, back over to the show. Um, but yeah, on the, on the point about renewal, outside of holidays and more in the flow, um, my, my question is around how... How do you keep renewing yourself? I, I know you did the Marketing Academy Fellowship. Yeah. Um, maybe that uh, was, a, was a moment in time. But more generally, how do you keep staying fresh, keep renewing your skills and, and perspective? Yeah, so it's a bit, it's general, one of the one of the things that I think about kind of things that I've not done necessarily that well or mistakes that I've made, one, one of them would definitely be... Um, becoming a bit too internally focused actually so so i think i think the the lots of organizations and and busy roles like like all of our you know ours you, the, the gravitational pull of most organizations is quite internally focused and you tend to become an expert in how to get things done and the the organization and you've got to find ways of just bringing the outside in and and, and that you know that can be listening to podcasts like this obviously um, but it's also just about going out and seeing seeing the world and just seeing what seeing what's going on out there. And you know, the the, the holiday the, we we stayed in a hotel when we were on holiday, and it was kind of a masterclass in, in customer experience. And I spent quite a lot of time thinking about how are they how are they kind of how are they doing this? Like how are they how are they managing to make the whole thing work so seamlessly? Or things that things that just aren't going well. Have you, have you ever tried extending your rental t- rental car hire by a day or something like that when you're on, on holiday or whatever like, it's a nightmare like wh- why is that such a difficult difficult thing thing to do and, and and i think just looking looking out into the wider world for inspiration is really important as a as a, as a retailer going out and, and spending time with store teams is one of the most important things you can do like honestly if you, if you want to know where the answers are in a retail business go and spend some time in a shop like when i, when I before i started at wave trains um I, I spent a day with my old team. So I, my, my first job actually was in was in Waitrose, <laughs> working, working, working in a in a, in a shop in, back in, in twenty years ago. And I went back and saw Steve, who was my boss, 
at the at the local store down the road and spend the day with him and the team just understanding what was going on in the business and that was the single most important thing i could have read all the board papers i could have sat and read the last year's strategy presentation the most important thing i did was go and spend a day with steve and amanda and they told me all about what was really going on out there and that's that's that for a retailer that's one of the most important things you can do i absolutely love that you know i started my career on the uh, shop floor and um helped me in great stead ever since so it's um, a wonderful thing to, to do and to keep to keep going back to as well um, you know, you talked, um, you know, super humble in, in the experiences and what you're sharing. And, and I wondered if there's moments in time where, you know, you've, you've either been apprehensive or maybe made mistakes and perhaps what are the key things and learnings that you've had from those, those lows, as well as the incredible highs that you've had. Oh, goodness me. Loads, loads and loads and loads and loads. You, you do, I think it kind of, um, I wouldn't say I've ever found there were any kind of big, to tricky chunks in you have you have kind of good good days and, and bad days i think if i i suppose the the theme the theme for me would be um if it, 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 there's ever anything i've sort of got wrong it's usually because we haven't gone fast enough or or, or gone or gone with enough enough kind of it, at the time sometimes when you're making bold decisions or 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 kind of you know, i don't know transform into a new campaign or bring out a new ray or whatever whatever it happens to be you feel like at the time because you're in it you and, it, and because the, it feels like the stakes are quite high you feel like you're being incredibly bold and 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 kind of you know stretching actually and there's lots of people that often say oh well, i expect risky whatever but i think I, I, my, my general feeling is that um when you know it's the right thing to do and you've got good data potentially backing you up, really, really, really push, push harder. So I think the only, the advice I'd give certainly to my younger self would be go, go harder actually and, 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 and push more on, on some of those things. Um, yeah, that'd be the main, that'd be the main thing. Love it. Go harder, go home. Hey, we only get one go. Yeah, um, so within that, I mean, I, I, I think, and I know that you're quite intelligently um network and get advice and counsel so how how do you go about you know getting getting mentors getting a network uh what role does that play and how did you do that yeah it's, it's a really really important part of i mean there's obviously there's there's kind of structured ways that you can do it. one of the things that i've found is that um people and i've been very lucky to have some amazing amazing mentors um not necessarily always that formal actually or structured but just people that you ask for for advice and one of these i found is that um people generally are very very happy and open to to to, to give to give you advice support um share some of their wisdom um and 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 and, and i don't think i can think of a thing a single time actually when i've asked someone whose opinion i value to give me some advice or support or help me with the problem and they said no I, I can't think of a single time when that's happened so you know if, if if i haven't if i haven't benefited from that uh support it's because i'm asked basically so, so so i think that's the that's the key thing is to is to really to really kind of reach out um and, and in, in some respects you know there are no new problems right everyone if, you, if you're experiencing a thing that you think is really tough or challenging or complex There'll be someone out there in your network who um, who 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 is able to give, kind of give you that advice and, and, and support you. 
and and the other thing I would say is that always, and I think most people do that. I I I never say no to to someone who comes to me and and, and asks for advice. Very rare, unless I happen to miss it or whatever. But I think having that openness to giving giving some support or counsel advice to to other people um, often comes back to to, to kind of re, replace. That's not the reason for doing it, but, but I think yeah, that's 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 kind of how it works, really. I think. Really? And Nathan, you're really generous with that. I mean, just to shout out that, of course, you are a mentor with us at the the our mentoring program, which is great, and always paying it forward. Um, I just want to come on to um, you. Obviously, had a a big stint with MS and then, of course, now at Retros. But in between that, you were at House Three Three Seven as an executive director and spent time agency side as well. And I wonder what role has that played in your your thinking? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's, it was. I love. I love. Uh... House three three seven is a brilliant. It was. It came from a. It was actually my um, my advertising agency at MNAS, an Amazing guy called Nick Stick, but who ran odds. Who were our kind of more of a fashion specialist agency, part of the Next Fifteen uh, group. And um, House three three seven came about. We we, we acquired um, Engine Group, so Engine created essentially. So it came from a, a bringing together two quite different businesses. Actually, a more established top ten advertising agency with um with 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 odd and, and my role was to um to to to, to work on that and advise that and and, and work on, on on the new business activity that was coming through in that space but actually more importantly to kind of set up an ethical commerce um business within that which is which is which is still still going today so um i loved it actually it was it was an amazing I mean, 10 years is a long time uh in in one business actually and 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 it's a long time in retail <laughs> retail is pretty so it was, it was an amazing thing to do something completely different and just to completely change the perspective work work agency side created something a completely of my own actually so for so the first probably three or four months um uh i was i was I, re- I actually rented an office down the road here in in Thiel and sat there, and sat there like basically building building the consultancy business building building all the new propositions working out how it's going to work i spent a lot of time with amazing people that i've worked with in the sustainability space um brought that together with some of our you know, some of our sort of communications and, and marketing experience and, and did it myself and it was uh, i'm incredibly proud of it actually it was amazing um and and then and then the next thing was to go right how do we and yeah of course we worked very closely with 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 mls which was helpful um so it's always good to have a first a first client on on the way as well um but then basically take those take that proposition out and uh and, and work with other people so it was an amazing amazing experience i, I would say that um it, i don't think it was i don't think it was the right thing for me long term actually so i was lucky that waitress um came to me and and kind of said that we're looking yeah potentially for a new um a new customer director um Otherwise, I'd probably still be at house, very, very happy actually, and uh, enjoying it. But I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm a better customer director or CMO, I think, than running something agency side. To be honest, like so, 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 um, so I think I'm very lucky that I'm very grateful that the that, kind of waitress came away. It's an amazing brand, um, but uh, but that experience was phenomenal, and I, I'd recommend it to anyone, anyone who is thinking of. Sort of switching from one side to the other, I would hundred percent recommend um, spending some time agency. So it's, it's incredible. You meet some brilliant people. Yeah, I think you'd be much more. I never did it, but I think you'd be much more worldly wise for having 
yeah. both sides of the of the equation. It, within there, there was a little thread uh, about eth ethical and sustainability. Um, yeah. And we're seeing more CMOs and customer directors having more direct responsibility for, for sustainability. What, what role does that play for you? What's your perspective on how sustainability is impacting marketing? Yeah, it's a good, it's a, well, I mean, certainly, certainly for weight trains, it's incredibly important. So, um, one of the things about, about the, the, the journalist partnership is, is the, the values of the organization run very, very deep, um, in, in the business. And we talk about them a lot. And you know, one of the things I, I sometimes say to the, to the team is almost every, every day is someone's first day in the business. So therefore we've got to be talking about our values every day because otherwise they kind of just disappear into the into the background so it's, it's a really really important part of, of, of what we do and what makes what makes the brand um what makes the brand special actually um i think you know certainly for anyone who's in food or food retail we've got a prop there's a problem with the food system basically like if you just, just zoom zoom right out kind of globally and look at look at the way we produce consume uh, and to some degree market our food, it's a fundamentally broken system. And um, you know, somehow as a you know, as a as a as a species, <laughs> we've got to fix it because because we can't we can't keep on going um the the way we are. And that's, you know, partly some of the you know concerns around around things like global warming, but everything from topsoil to some of the ingredients in our food to the to 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 the the, the health crisis that we've got. Um, not just in the UK, but also across most of the developed world, something's got to change, right? So, um, just to come meander slowly back to your, your 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 actual question, Mark. Yeah, if 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 customer teams and marketing teams aren't leading that change, um, who else will actually in the in the organisation? So our our job is to to bring the outside in and project. There's really two questions. What's, what, what sort of business do we, do we want to be in the future and how are we going to get there? And, and if, if, we're not, if we're not thinking about those things, um, who, who else will be actually in the, in the organization? So I think that's, it's, a, it's an important part of the leadership role that we have to play um, as, a, as a function business. Nathan, I want to come on to um, a point around when you talk about leadership. Um, what would you say is your leadership style and what would some of your colleagues potentially say about your style of leadership? You have to ask them. You have to ask them, Rich. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I've probably mellowed <laughs> over time. <laughs> I was certainly, um, uh, you know, so think about you know, going back, uh, yeah, ten years or whatever. I was, I was definitely um, very, very outcome driven. So I've always, I've always, I've always been very, very focused on focused on on, on the outcome. I think I think what I've learned is, um, you know, over over a period of time, is that you you can't number one you can't do it yourself, right? So you can't you can't do everything. We've all we've all worked for for leaders where they think that the 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 the, the, the answer to every problem is more more input from them. You know, that's the we've all worked for those, sort of and the reality is, number one you can't do it yourself. But number two, the thing I've really learned is that it's better if. It's better if you have if you haven't done it yourself. Actually, like it's actually you, you get a better outcome uh, for, for for the for the problem that you're trying to solve or the opportunity you're trying to trying to go for. But also, it's a much more enduring change that that kind of people feel ownership over over, over a period of time. And I think that's something that I've 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 definitely learned. 
and 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 probably also um just to be a bit more a bit more patient actually at times you know because patience isn't necessarily uh always part of the part of the mo because you want to move fast and, and move quickly but someone said to you once um dr- dreams are microwavable you know some sometimes these things take a little bit of time and, and a bit of a bit of you know uh, a little bit of patience to, to to get to get right. So definitely, definitely matter that and that sort of thing. But I think yeah, my, my my one of the one of the pieces of feedback which I've had since I started away trades is, um, someone said to me that the, the the team now know what they need to do to be successful. And I, and hopefully what I hopefully what I try and do at least is give a give a general sense of where we want to get to and give give a degree of clarity about kind of the, the direction that we need to, to get after but but give give people hopefully with with relatively clear accountabilities the opportunity to shape that path in a way that gives them gives them a relatively high degree of autonomy so that's what i try and do whether or not i achieve it it's a different conversation no nice nice um i love that as well dreams aren't microwavable uh, might steal that one with pride. You can uh, <laughs> you can rest assured on that. <laughs> so, so I mean, Nathan, the time is it by? So we've we've come to the the final question of the of the session, um, and and I suppose it's looking to the future. You've got plenty of years left in you yet. So, what what are your hopes and dreams, aspirations? What have you still yet to learn or achieve? Oh, a lot. Um, you know, I've always um, somebody was asking about this last night actually. I've never really, I've never really had a plan as far as, as the first career is genuinely. I've always, I've always felt that, um, you know, if you, if you, if you enjoy what you're doing and, you know, are fulfilled by it and, you know, kind of go to bed every night, counting your blessings and wake up with a sense of purpose is kind of my kind of feeling about, about stuff. Um, good things, good things come, good things, good things happen. So I've, I've never really. I've always worried about making sure that I'm doing the best job I can in the job that I'm doing, and I, I'm never worried too much about about the future. To be honest with you, in that in that in that sense, that it kind of I just sort of so I guess somehow assume that everything's going to be all right. You know, <laughs> that's, that's kind of how generally generally think about stuff. Um, but look, I mean, I guess in the in the in the, in the immediate term, um, I've got an amazing job. I'm incredibly lucky, so I want to do the best job I can do in this role now, and I'd love to I'd love to stay in the partnership. For a period of time, I, I genuinely think it's it's one of the most amazing businesses in the world. Um, partly driven by the ownership model and the, and the values and, and the history of the business, but also has the potential for an amazing future. So I'd love to love to stay what I'm doing now. Don't have a massive aspiration, to be honest, to kind of go into um, general management or other sectors. Like lots of people say, I want to debut. Yeah, maybe that might happen one day, but that's not something that I'm sort of desperate to do. I, I'm enjoying what I'm doing now and, and kind of happy to keep doing it. Sounds like a bit of a politician's answer, doesn't it? That, but yeah, what a lovely way to end. <laughs> um, there's a bit of a theme that I'll come on to when I do a recap about sort of going with the flow at times. Uh, but you know, yeah, enjoy it for what it is. Who knows what's around the corner? And um, you know, it's, I think good to be ambitious in general sense, but to be, you know, too voracious about it can be a can be a thing. Um, well, they th- I mean, fabulous. Thank you for your time this morning. Um, I'm going to put a bit of a bow on it for everybody, just in terms of some of the. The key things it's quite a lot to reference actually i mean my, my overall sense is you're a very grounded person um and, and sincere in a in a very good way uh, and there's kind of a bit of a flow to to how you come across but i'm, I'm going to try and pull out some of the, the the nuggets and and top tips 
Um, we started by hearing that you you are outcome driven, so you are results oriented, um, and that there's this sweet spot, the the intersection of personal growth and business growth, and that's sort of where you know that might, was my first sort of inkling of the way you talked about flow. We also then heard about psychology degree and neuroscience, um, and then this this uh, this lovely thing. I think I'd vaguely heard of it, but to be a Red Bull student brand manager, I mean, well, A, you must have been one of the most popular people on campus or in the university, but also what an amazing grounding, real, genuine experience of what marketing's all about, because all the people who fall into marketing don't even know what the hell it is. So what a, what a, what a great thing there, and hopefully you've got a sort of lifetime supply of, of Red Bull within that as well. Um, very interesting perspective about um, the, the superpower of novelty uh, and bring ideas and vitality uh, at, the, at the beginning of a career. Um, also about radiator or drape. I'm not sure that's a Tesco thing. I've heard that a few times over, but how powerful it is. Um, and uh, I've seen the lights go on for some people when they've heard of the concept and realized that they might be the drain in the room. So very powerful. Um, talked a little bit about refreshing and, and holiday, the holiday refresh. Um, and then, and then you talked about, interesting, about the gravitational pull of being internally focused. I think that's very, very true, particularly you know, with tenure. Um, so a good watch out there. Um, main mistake, maybe not going fast enough, go harder. Networking, just ask for the advice. Um, there are no new problems, so you don't, you don't have to guess. Um, had a bit brief sejourn into agency side, and you'd encourage people to switch sides. Talking a bit about ethics. Um, and then I love this thought, every day is somebody's first day in the organization. And I know the army talk every week about their values as a sort of ritualistic thing. Um, but I've never heard about talking about the values every single day. Um, and then we heard, of course, that, you know, dreams aren't microwavable. Um, so sometimes things take time and require a bit of patience. Um, so, um, and then enjoy it, you know, uh, live for the moment. Never really had a plan. I'm sure you kind of got some inklings, but but enjoy it for what it is. So Nathan, it's been a real pleasure to hear your insights and thoughts this morning. So uh, thank you very much for your time on behalf of Richard and myself and everybody listening in. Hey, welcome. It's great to see you. Thank you. 